What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. This episode is going to be a collaboration uh, with Earl of the Open Mat. We are very, very excited for that. Um, but let's just get into a, a little bit of what this episode is, and I'll introduce who we have here, um, and we'll get going. So, again, episode number 21 of the HMA Fantasy podcast we're going to be getting into our newest project which we've kind of teased for a little bit the ncaa champion duels um, what we are doing with this is we went over the last 16 years of ncaa champion lineups so you know for example in 2019 all of the ncaa champions we put those guys into a dual team called them the year 2019 you know champions and we went through and we seeded this bracket um, and we're going we're gonna to get through the bracket and determine in the last 16 years, so since 2004, who was the best lineup overall. Uh, but before we get any more into that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce who all I have with me here today. Uh, so starting off first, Mr. Jude Swisher. How you doing, Jude? Sound. Nice. There you <laughs> Good go. thing I muted my mic. Uh, I just said I'm doing great. Um, Jacob, how are you today? Pretty good, man. It is a good day when you get to talk wrestling. Um, next, we have a new assistant coach for the Badgers, Seth Gross. How you doing, Seth? Doing great, man. Can't complain. Uh, yeah, excited to do this bracket here, and uh, yeah, fired up to be a coach coach at University of Wisconsin now. So good, good week. That's awesome. We're super excited for you. That was really cool to see. Um, and next, we're gonna have Jack Mueller. How you doing today, Jack? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm a little pissed off with uh, how how uh, my morning's going so far, but you know we'll win it. We'll win today. <laughs> I don't All know right. why. Why is your morning going so bad? Well, first off, I thought this research wouldn't take very long, but then I started deep diving, getting really excited, and it took me a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, and I wanted to sit outside, and then I realized I didn't bring my headphones. Um, and yeah. So that's pretty much the main reason. <laughs> well, nice. all uphill from here, man. Can't get worse in the day than not being able to sit outside. Dude, I just <laughs> want to be outside, man. Oh, also, I've got the skin disease under my armpit. It's crazy. <laughs> it's disgusting. I, like, thought I had the bubonic plague. I thought I had it. I was like, because, like, that's, like, one of the main symptoms is, like, I swear there's like pus under my arm right ah, now. Gross. It's disgusting. And that's like a main symptom of the bubonic plague is like pus filled balls under your arm. Oh, no. These aren't <laughs> as big as like theirs, but man, dude, all yesterday I was like, I got the plague. I've got the plague. <laughs> well, at least Yikes. it's good to know that your balls aren't that big. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll move on. And our last guest, we have Earl from the Open Mat. How you doing, Earl? Uh, well, I'm, I'm doing much better than Jack, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my, my, skin, my skin's good. Um, I had a lot of fun the last time with you guys, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, uh, no puss balls under the arm is always a good day. Dude, I'm freaking <laughs> out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and get into this thing a little bit because we are doing – for the first round, at least two duels per episode. So this is going to be a little bit longer. So 
we need to go ahead and get into it. But before we do, let's just lay down some, some ground rules, some things that we're going to abide by here. And I have one question that we need to agree on. Um, so first of all, like we said, we, we took these NCA lineups, put them in a dual team. We're going to duel them together. Um, when we do it, what we're doing is we're taking each of these wrestlers at this point in their career, right? So that's the first thing to, to remind people of. And the example I like to use is a guy like Kyle Dake, who's a four-time national champion. Well, 2010, Kyle Dake was a freshman, right? And so in the 2010 lineup in here, when we see Kyle Dake's name, we have to remember that we are only talking about one-time freshman Kyle Dake. Right. We're not talking about the four-timer, you know, college legend. We're just talking about freshman national champ. And then in 2011, we're talking about Kyle Dake, who's a two-timer as a sophomore. Right? We're only talking about these wrestlers and their previous accolades. So, right, this year and their previous accolades. Nothing ahead of time because, obviously, we're going to use those ahead-of-time accolades for another uh, dual team. Um, the other thing is especially with guys like Kyle Dake, Logan Stieber, um, you know, guys that won multiple national titles, there is a possibility of them hitting, right? And so if they ever do hit, if we ever see, you know, Kyle Dake versus, well, we wouldn't see Kyle Dake versus Kyle Dake because he was in four different weight classes. But, you know, Stieber, for example, uh, wrestled the same weight classes multiple years. And so if we see Stieber versus Stieber, Instead of talking about a guy versus himself, which is just kind of an odd conversation, uh, what we're going to do at that point is we're going to pick the or the the runner-ups of that year, right? So if Logan Stieber 2013 meets Logan Stieber 2014, then we're going to talk about who they wrestled in the finals versus each other. Um, I think that was the only fair way to really talk about it because I don't. It's not really a, a fun or it's just a weird situation to talk about somebody versus themselves. Um, so there is that. The other thing that I was going to ask you guys about is when we did the all decade duels, we did have landmines. Do we want to do landmines for this or not? My suggestion is if we do do it, then we only do one per duel, no matter what. Um, but we can always, we cannot do it too. So what are you guys thinking? Anybody have any thoughts on it? Mm, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to vote no on the okay. landmines because, uh, I mean, this is already going to be take. It's taken a lot of research, you know, pretty objectively here. It's there's a lot of, especially the early 2000s guys. It's, it's difficult to find a lot of stuff on them. So, um, the less stuff that I have to worry about, the less variables I have, then the easier my job will be. So, sounds I don't know, good. That's why I'm going to vote no on the landmines. You all agree with that? Or anybody in favor of them? I'm okay with that. Cool. That's what I was kind of thinking was just to, to not have anything like that. So we're, we're having less crazy stuff go on, um, but we'll do that. Yeah. So no landmines. Uh, we're just going to go through and talk about it. And for, you know, I don't imagine there's going to be many bonus points in this thing. Um, we're talking about national champions versus national champions. Um, but for bonus points, we have to have a majority rules. And of course for wins, we have to have majority rules. So, um, for example, if we have a wrestler A versus wrestler B, the majority has to rule on which one wins. And then within the winners, right? So if, if four of us voted for, you know, wrestler A to win, the majority within that four have to vote on bonus points in order to have bonus points. Um, 
So I think that's pretty much all the rules that I've got, all the, the things that, that kind of jumped out to me that could happen. Um, if anybody else thinks of anything, let me know. Uh, but are you guys ready to go ahead and get into this first duel? Let's do yeah, it. Sir. Sweet. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start off this thing with our very first duel, which is going to be uh, the number one team in the land, 2005, versus the number 16 team in this bracket, 2008. Man, it's crazy just to look at a team that is seated last and look at all these guys. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It's the last seated team in the bracket. Um, but, you know, in order to actually, you know, before we get into it again, also to get these these brackets, what we did was we seeded based on their national championships, all American honors, and Hodge Trophy uh, placements. And so, you know, up to their year again, we only used the wrestler and their previous experience. Um, we used, you know, if they were a national champion, they got one point. If they were an All American, they got one point, or I got a half a point. If they were Hodge Trophy winner that year, they got three points. And so that accrued as the years went on. So multiple time national champion would have multiple points for national champions, multiple points for all American um, and, and so forth. But Okay. So Jacob, I have a question. Should yeah. I even mention their 2006 results or 2007 results? I think we can, I mean, I wouldn't too much. I mean, if there's like a head to head matchup, I think it's definitely good to at least like acknowledge it, but I mean, we, we can do whatever we want, but I think that it's it's good to try to stick as much as we can to like 2005 Joe Dubuque instead of 2006 Joe Dubuque. Sounds good to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we can definitely use that stuff, though, as, as kind of a talking point. But Perfect. let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Jude, you had 2008, I believe? Yes, sir. Cool. Do you just want to tell us who's on the lineup, um, and then we can get into the first match? Yes, sir. Okay, so the 2008 Division One NCAA champions, starting at 125 pounds, it goes Angel Escobedo, Coleman Scott, Jay Jaggers, Brett Metcalf, Jordan Lean, Mark Perry, Keith Gavin, Mike Pusillo, Phil Davis, and Dustin Fox. Um, and then who did 2005? That was Earl. No, it was Jack. No, it was Jack. Jack. It was Jack. All right, Jack. Uh, yeah, so Joe Dubuque, this was his first of two national titles. Travis Lee, he, this was his fourth All-American and second national title. Um, Tion Ware, this was his second national title and third All-American. Um, Zach Esposito, this was his second time in the finals, first time being the champ. Uh, Ryan Burteen, this was his fourth All-American and second national championship. Johnny Hendricks, this was his second time All-Americaning and his first time being a national champ. Chris Pendleton, this was his third time All-Americaning and second time being a national champ. And then Greg Jones, this was his third national championship. Jake Roshall, this was his second national championship. Um, and Steve Mako, this was his second national championship. So, awesome. Loaded, loaded weight. Or, loaded. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Um, do you guys, looking at this this – duel is there any matches that jump out as as the best match and is there anyone that we want to like particularly end on to kind of have a a good ending or did, should we start at 125 we've got to end at 165 like Sounds that's good. like the best rivalry of that decade for sure i don't know if it's the best rivalry 
it's one of the best rivalries in college wrestling, period. Yeah, no, that sounds good to me. Um, I hate always ending up with the heavyweights and, and rushing or whatever. So let's do that. Start off at 174. Uh, we got Chris Pendleton versus Keith Gavin. Um, at this point, I believe this is Chris Pendleton's first national championship. Or second. was it second? Is it second? Okay. Um, I always get that confused with, with Askren and then the four years there. Um, but Chris Pendleton, this is, he's a two-time national champion at this point. Keith Gavin at this point is a two-time finalist and a one-time champion. So, oh. Oh, I man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it to Earl here because you, you know way more about these guys than we do. So what are you thinking here? Um, well, <clears throat> they both had a common opponent in the finals. Um, they both wrestled uh, Askren, uh, Gavin, you know, it was kind of commendable as far as he went after him when everybody else wanted to kind of stall and avoid Askren. But, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes down to it, I have, I have a hard time picking, you know, Gavin over Pendleton. So I'd have to go Pendleton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I, the funny thing is, in, you know, I just literally got done saying we, we don't need to look too far into the future. Um, but these guys actually, I did find a match where they hit. It was in freestyle in like 2011 or something. So it was way after. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're not taking that really into account, but Keith Gavin did beat Chris Pendleton in freestyle two periods to nothing. Um, but yeah, that was actually the first thing that I saw when I looked it up. Um, and then I went back and watched, you know, matches again of these guys in college. And, and I agree. I think that Pendleton's just a little too – little too slick for Gavin um and yeah the common opponent there is pretty big too with Chris Pendleton just absolutely having Ben Askren's number um and Ben Askren beating Keith Gavin so I'm gonna go Chris Pendleton as well um Jude can you tell me about Keith Gavin's like senior season or this season yeah well bit? so uh, I mean to my understanding um you know so we wrestled obviously 174 pounds um, and then I, th I, I thought that he was a, a two-time national champ, but if he, I mean, he, I, I might be incorrect on that. Um, but this was his second finals appearance, um, the last one being the year before. Um, he ended up, you know, he had a pretty good national tournament. He beat Jay Borschel um, and then Steven Luke in the, in the finals. Um, and, but as far as the season goes, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to find a whole lot on it. Um, but I mean, he was the one seed going into NCAA's, so um, he certainly had a, a, a dominant season. Or, you know, he stayed on top as far as it goes. Yeah, Gavin was undefeated, and uh, Luke, who he beat in the finals, ended up being undefeated champion the following season. Mm. <clears throat> oh man, man! I, if this was freestyle, I would pick Gavin. Like, undoubtedly, I think he's <clears throat> such a wizard at freestyle. Like, he coached me for about a month when he was at UVA and then he left and went to Oklahoma. I mean, if it's folks, uh, I guess I got to go Pendleton, especially a senior Pendleton. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Pendleton too. But yep. if it was freestyle, I'd pick Keith. Yeah. And I don't think it would be a question for me. He already beat him, but. Right. right. All, all right. right. I'll take Pendleton so, as well. We've all got Pendleton. I'm just I'm not even gonna do the thing that, that Sam does and put all the all the checks. I'm just gonna yeah. put one. Um 
But all right, so we all got Pendleton. Awesome. Let's go ahead and, and move on to the next match, which is going to be uh, Greg Jones of West Virginia versus Mike Pusillo. Uh, Greg Jones at this point, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be, uh, was a three-time champ in 2005. Yep. Um, and Mike Pusillo one time, I believe. Yeah, I think he was one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, do you, you guys have any background on these guys? Jack, do you want to – I'll kick it to you for Greg Jones. Yeah, so Greg Jones was a champ in 02, 04, and 05. Um, in 04, he had an interesting weight class where he beat uh, Texas native Ben Helzer in the finals of Northern Illinois. But Ben Helzer beat Jake Rochelle, who's the 197-pounder in this weight – or in this on this team uh, in the semis. Um, in 05, he beat Tyler Bayer in the finals and Matt Pell of Missouri in the quarters. Honestly – I'm not too knowledgeable about 184 back then. And to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of that weight class in general. Um, I'm a big not even this fan. year? No, not even never. 2020s? Dude, it uh, was, you it know was what? Exciting. Zahid Valencia revolutionized 184. But outside of him and maybe Bo Nickel, it's been a boring weight <laughs> for me to watch. Not um, even Mymar, Miles Martin. I, I love Miles. I love Miles too. Yeah. Jack's um, just upset because those guys don't have balls in their armpit. <laughs> That's not that it good. up. I'm trying to get it behind me. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> I might have to go put a hot towel under my arm at some point. <laughs> yeah. um, but he beat Josh Koshek in 02, and then Greg Parker of Princeton, who is a name that constantly comes up when you go back there. Um, but there wasn't like a huge name that he beat in the NCAAs, but I mean, he's a three-time national champ, so can't go wrong with that. Right. Well, let me tell you a little something about Mike Pasillo, because in this very tournament in 2008, he had wins over Jake Varner and Phil Keddy, who's Jacob's favorite Iowa wrestler of all time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. So Pusillo, this was his second finals appearance. He was a uh, runner-up in 2000. Oh, wait, no. Excuse me. He was a runner-up the following year um, in 2009. Um, but this was his first finals appearance. Um, and he beats Jake Varner, um, who was, I want to say like a sophomore. Wait, how old was, uh, how old was Varner at the time, uh, 2008? Yeah, he was a sophomore. Yeah, sophomore Varner. Um, in the finals and uh, does it in, in tiebreakers and Phil, uh, not Phil, sorry. Mike ended up having several close, like one point matches um, throughout this tournament. And, um, you know, beat, he beat Raymond Jordan, Phil Ketty and, uh, and Jake Varner um, to get his, that this was his, I believe his second AA um, and his first finals appearance. So yeah, Mike was Ohio state. Yeah, um, I'll go first. Uh, just going back through watching uh, some of the matches, Greg Jones was, was so good, man. The dude was lights out on his feet. He was just – he had a – when you see those really tall, like, lanky guys, I feel like growing up they're either, like, really good or they don't know how to use their body. And <laughs> he uh, – <laughs> he definitely was super good. I mean, he was really tall and lanky. I mean, he was also, you know, had some muscle on him, but he was just a big dude, and he was so quick and athletic, and 
just lights out on his feet, like I said. And so I, I'm, I'll take Greg Jones here um, uh, with a comfortable win. Hmm. I'll follow you. So, um, yeah, wrestling those tall, lanky guys like Seth really sucks. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, I'm going to go three-time champ Greg Jones as well. Yep, I'm in. Uh, I'm in on Greg Jones too. Possible, possible bonus points in the in the match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only I would I would love to go Greg Jones. The only thing that's holding me back is Mike Basillo has a win over an Olympic gold medalist. Um, so that's uh that's that's kind of a big win on the resume. Even though I know at this point Varner wasn't what he is today, but um, but yeah, I get I'll, I'll follow. Go Greg Jones. Um, not in like a comfortable win, but I'm going to say one point because, I mean, Priscilla's good at keeping those close matches. Um, so Yeah, fair. For sure. All right. Um, well, we've got Greg Jones moving on. And sorry, I'm trying to, to fix something up here so I can put the score down at the bottom. Um, but so far, 2005 has taken the first two matches with Chris Pendleton and Greg Jones both earning a decision over their opponent. And we are heading down to 197 pounds where Jake Rocholt will meet Phil Davis. And we'll, we'll go ahead and kick it to Jack. Tell us a little bit about Jake. So this was Jake's second of three national titles. Um, he beat, uh, on his route to the championship in 2005, he beat Phil Davis, BJ Padden, and Sean Stender in the finals. Sean Stender being the man who downed y'all's, uh, y'all's boy, John Trench in the semis. Um, and then in 06, he also beats Phil Davis in the finals. Um, so a couple of uh, wins over, over opponent here. John Trench is the man. I don't, I don't know why you're throwing shade over here. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I'm not throwing shade. <laughs> that sounded like a little bit of shade, Jack. <laughs> I'm still bitter. Hey, Zwinkle, if you're watching this, you're my guy, man. You're my guy. <laughs> Should have fought for a more during it, man. Come on. I freaking did. I was, like, screaming at my computer. <laughs> Listen. I don't know. I, I think at one point you said, yeah, Poeta, Hayeswinkle, whatever. Uh, it's it's a trend all the way. But I don't know. I think I definitely <laughs> heard that. I think those words came out of your mouth. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. All right. All right. So there's Jake Rocholt. Um, Phil Davis, Penn State guy, our resident Penn State guy, Jude Swisher. Tell us. Me. I'm the Penn State guy. So, okay, interesting thing about Phil Davis. Um, he won this as a senior in 2008. And to my understanding, he was Penn State's first four-time All-American. Um, in, in this bracket, you know, he ended up having a win over um, – uh, what's his – how do you pronounce this guy's name? When Mikalek, how do you say it? Michalek? Mikalek, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I butchered that. Um, he had a win over win, um, but also in this bracket, <laughs> there's John Glenn, Max Askren, Craig Brester. Um, yeah, first four, you know, he was at this point four time All American. I believe he placed like, like seventh, eighth, third, first, uh, something along that lines. Um, but yeah, so Phil Davis, I mean, incredibly talented wrestler and uh and i i mean i kind of like him in this match i'm not gonna lie because i can't pick against penn state guys it's not in my code but um, he had, he's beaten him 
Yeah, but that was in 2005. That's 2005. And in 2006, he beat him in the finals. Yeah, well, maybe I'm a dum-dum then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Jacob, who are you going to pick in this match? Oh, man. Don't put me on the spot here. Um, I... <sighs> I didn't have the pleasure of watching these guys, unfortunately, because I was, I was still in my basketball days. Um, man, I, I think I got to go Rochalt here. Um, just had some incredible wins. Um, he beat Phil Davis in a final. I know that that's not the year we're talking about, but um, I, I, I got to go Rochalt here. It's hard to ignore a head-to-head matchup, even if it's not, you know, the year we're talking about at any point. It's really hard to ignore that. Yeah, well, maybe. All right, maybe. so, Jude, you have Phil Davis. I have yeah, Rochelle. Um, <laughs> Seth, where are you leaning? I got Rochelle, too, I think. Uh, just overall, better, a little bit better career in those head-to-heads, I think, is a big deal, even though, yeah, like you said, 2005, 2006. Um, Obviously, being a four-time All-American is pretty good, but I think national titles are a little bit better there, so I'm going with Rochelle. For sure. All right, Jack. Oh, I've got Rochelle for sure. I've got him for sure here. Oh, for sure? For sure, for, for sure? sure. That, that sounds well, like a bonus point for sure. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> it might be. Oh why? God. Tell us why. I don't know. I mean, he just dominated him every time he wrestled him. I don't I, – I can't say bonus, though, at this weight. Ah, it's so hard. I mean, no one gets bonus, really, unless they're a freak at this weight. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say – I'm going to say three. It'd be interesting to see this, though, um, you know, this matchup. Because yeah. Phil Davis gave him good matches when he was younger. So, I mean, he does have a little bit of an argument. Like, in 06, the score was – oh, never mind. It was 10-3. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, I got to go Rochelle. I'm not going to go bonus, though. All right. And, Earl, what's your take on the match? While I yeah, I mean, I mean uh, Jake Rochelle, him and Greg Jones, for my money, are two of the most overlooked three-time champions in – it's it's hard for me to unsee the head-to-head win the next year that was 10-3. Um, I don't think he beats a senior Phil Davis 10-3, but I do think Rochelle's the win. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we all got – we all have Rochelle except for Jude, who is our Penn State homer. Um, we'll, we'll just, you know. Nice. You, you vote nice. the way you vote, man. Um, yes, but – Heavyweight matchup, Steve Mako versus Dustin Fox. And I'll tell you, I was listening the other day to uh, the Wrestling Chains My Life podcast, Ryan Warner. He's kicking butt over there. Um, but the Steve Mako podcast, I'm telling you, like, watching the videos and stuff, he's a scary dude. And just listening to his voice, I was a little bit shaking in my boots. He's a scary man. Um, but Steve Mako versus Dustin Fox. Jude, do you want to go first? Here, excuse me. I want to hear a real quick little funny story about Mako. Um, So let's see. So our backyard at my house is just a total wreck. It's a total wreck. And so we have guys coming over landscaping, and I'll go out and help them, and I'll work with them. 
and uh and one of them was a wrestler and i was talking to him and he wrestled for my high school um back in like like a long long time ago before i was even born and um and he's like yeah we were like one of the best in the country and you know we went to this try meet with uh with bald eagle who again was another one of those really good teams and um and blair academy came up and and wrestled him and i was like oh cool what weight did you wrestle and he was like yeah, I, I weighed like, you know, 182, but they bumped me up to, to heavyweight. I was like, oh boy. I was like, you didn't happen to wrestle Mako, did you? And he's like, I wrestled Mako, Jude. <laughs> and so this, uh, this guy that I, I met landscaping, turns out he wrestled Mako in high school and, uh, and the match lasted like mm, 23 seconds. So um, I don't know, just a funny story. And it, it was, it was kind of cool to hear um, at the time, but nothing. That's yeah. all I got on Steve Mako. All right. Well, what do you, what do you got on Dustin Fox? Dustin Fox, um, listen, Northwestern. He was the one seed going into the 2008 wrestling um, championships. He was a two-time AA as a senior. Um, this was his senior year, um, and he had like three or four one-point victories in a row. Um, he he ended up beating um, J.D. Bergman in the finals in uh, an OT. Um, but that's, that's for the most part, that's all I could find on Dustin Fox. Um, and yeah, two-time AA, one-time champ. Yep. All right, Jack, what do you got? Uh, this was Mako's second national championship. Uh, he beat Cole Conrad in the finals. Uh, in 03, he beat an Air Force guy in the finals. I thought that was interesting. That is pretty um, cool. They had someone representing. Um, I mean, there's so much I could say about Steve Mako. Uh, one of the meanest guys in history, but seemed like a nice guy off the mat. And um, but he just had a like he just had a presence. Uh, when he'd step in a room, you knew that he was there. Uh, someone that people feared to wrestle for sure. Um, I was just thinking like, what if Steve Maka was only seventy pounds bigger than me only, and they sent me out to wrestle him? I just like roll over. Like I would be absolutely terrified if I had to go out and wrestle Steve Maka. Uh, agreed. He's my favorite wrestler. Uh, he was my favorite wrestler whenever I was young. When he lost to Cole Conrad in 06, I actually bawled crying. I was bawling crying in the arena. Like, I can't believe he lost. No. Uh, he's my, he's my, oh my first gosh. favorite wrestler. Uh, and he was just a stud. And, yeah, so that's Steve Martin. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if we got to talk about who who's winning here. I think we might got to talk about bonus points. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to debate discussion. you on that one, <laughs> Well, Earl had an interesting chat, I think, on Steve Mako. And his senior year, was it senior or junior year, that he had 18 pens and 17 of them were in the first period? Yeah, it was this year because this was his Hodge Trophy season. So, that's a lot of pens. I don't think I got that many in my career. But yeah. I, was, I think I think we got to go at least a major for the match. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm I'm good with that major for Mako. I think it'll be a major. Um, Earl, you said this was his Hodge Trophy winning year. Yeah, it was. Uh, he he won the Hodge and he was uh, undefeated. I think this was his second undefeated season. I think I think he was undefeated when he won the previous title. <clears throat> yep. Man, yeah, so it's Steve Mako for a major decision for me. Um, well, which way are you landing, Earl? I think it's probably Mako, but 
Definitely Mako. Kind (laughs) kind of to uh, share you guys' sentiments. I talked to him maybe five or six years ago on a phone interview. And, you know, I've talked to a bunch of big name guys over the years. And, you know, the five or 10 minutes before I was supposed to talk to him, like, I felt like intimidated. And I I had to like mentally smack myself in the face and, you know, say, you're in your mid thirties, dude, this, you're talking to another man on the phone and you're, you're, you're intimidated. That's just kind of the presence that he had over uh, everybody out there wrestling. And I guess just people watching him too. But yeah, um, uh, I definitely got the win for him and uh, I'd, I'd probably be okay with a bonus. All right. So I think we're all uniform on a major decision. Yeah. Cool. All right. Major decision for Steve Mako. Um, and just to update you guys as well as our viewers, um, if well, first of all, if you are not watching us on video, you can head over to to YouTube and watch us on the Home at Advantage YouTube, um, so you can actually see the lineups and and our beautiful faces talking. Um, are we live on uh, on Twitter right now? We are live on Twitter and Facebook, and so you guys listening in are getting a sneak peek. This episode will not actually be posted until probably later today or tomorrow, um, but. Uh, the the stars that I just put in, I put stars in for Hodge Trophy winners, um, just so that we are we are reminded because you know some of these guys won multiple Hodges or or won a, you know titles at different years or whatever, and so I wanted to just make sure we knew that these were the Hodge Trophy winners this year. Um, but Steve Mako with the major decision over Dustin Fox, um, and that will move the score to being thirteen to zero. So. Um, we'll just go right back around to the top Joe Dubuque, Angel Escobedo. I know that I researched this one a lot and still am just, I, I still don't know exactly which way I'm going to end up going. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll start off as we've been doing, let Jack tell us a little bit about Joe Dubuque. Uh, so Joe Dubuque, this was his first of two national championships. Um, he beat, Sam Hayeswinkle in the semis and uh, Kyle Ott in the finals. Um, the year before, he got eighth, um, and he lost in the pigtails and actually came back All-American and then got uh, – the injury defaulted out. Um, he was 30 seconds, 30 seconds left in the match with Matt Valenti and injury defaulted, and then injury defaulted again. But I just thought that was a cool stat, uh, losing in the pigtails, coming all the way back. Um, he was the five seed in 2005, and yeah, I mean, he was a stud. He wore his hair up whenever he wrestled. Um, he had super long, like red hair. He looked like Syndrome because The Incredibles had just come out. <laughs> it's pretty funny, yeah. Nice. Very nice. cool. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, Jude Angel Escobedo. All right, Escobedo was, I believe, at this time a uh, a sophomore. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. sophomore year 2008 um he had just come off of i believe a fourth place finish from the 2007 um, ncaa wrestling championships where he lost to troy nickerson um in the third fourth place match um and he comes out here as a as a sophomore and he um i'm gonna pull up the bracket give me a hot second yeah he ends up having a bunch of really close matches in a row i don't think yeah uh, he didn't score any bonus points, um, you know, two point, three point matches the whole time up until the finals against Jason Ness, and he ends up beating him ten to three. Um, with I believe it was like 
it was like he scored seven points in the last minute of the match. Um, but, you know, in that bracket, he ended – he, you know, there was obviously Jason Ness, but he beat Charlie Fallick. Um, Anthony Robles was in that bracket as well as my, uh, my coach, Mark McKnight. So he would go on to uh, All-American twice more in the future, um, close it out with, I believe, he had like Indiana's third best season of, of all time, or not season, career of all time um, for Indiana. So, yeah, it's Angel Escobedo. And now he's the head coach there. So Awesome. Um, this this is where – well, actually, before I say anything, I'm going to kick it over to Earl because these next couple of matches I think are, are pretty swayable. I think the first, you know, three, four we talked about were pretty clear-cut for most of us, um, but we're getting into more of the – the tougher decisions here. So I want to hear what Earl's got to, to say on this match. Yeah. I mean, this, this is one of the ones I've went back and forth about if it was the senior year, Joe Dubuque it'd be much easier for me. Um, he wasn't necessarily a huge, you know, one of the favorites to win this year. Um, Escobedo, he beat Ness. I'm pretty sure he won the big 10 title that year as well. Um, I really have to go towards uh, Escobedo. Mm-hmm. for this one but you know I, to be honest I could probably be swayed the other way um it's it's pretty close the thing that's making me lean um Angel Escobedo is because of uh the cool he can keep in really tight matches I mean he won many many overtime matches in his in his college career um and especially you know in the future was able to you know not only hold on to a lead but you know score late and um and i so i think in that case he has a really good match tactic match strategy mindset um and i i'm gonna uh i'm gonna pick escobedo here in this match all right i'll go next um so i'm gonna go dubuque and i'm gonna do it because i did did they overlap at all was escobedo like a red shirt when joe dubuque was a senior yeah, they, they would have – yeah, he redshirted Dubuque. See, there's a, there's a mental thing to that. Um, Dubuque being a senior, Escobedo being a freshman. Even though it's not the same year, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's, like, a hard – like, it's hard to overcome that. And um, I know we shouldn't look at transitive properties, but <laughs> – But I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it out because it's in a different year. But I'm going to go Dubuque. Um I'm gonna go to Buke. I'll I'll jump in next um, because I know which way I'm leaning. I'm also gonna go to Buke, um, and I'm doing this because this is I went way back and forth on this one so many times. It was Joe Dubuque in, initially hardcore, and then I went Angel Escobedo, and then I finally settled on Joe Dubuque. Um, but the the thing, the deciding factor for me um, was I think I was letting. Uh, a 2010 or a later year's Escobedo kind of cloud my judgment um, because I went back and I watched a bunch of his matches and I remember like obviously he was great he won a national title in 2008 but for me personally I think that he was a lot better in, in later years and I think that I watched the the match with McDonough and he yeah I watched that too he kind of handled him and so I was really impressed by that and I think that kind of clouded my judgment and I had to get back to 2005, 2008, um, and when I went back to that, I think that Joe Dubuque might be um, a little, a little bit more. 
Um, I think that, that he edges out a really close match. Um, but I, uh, I, I'm going to go with Joe Dubuque on this one. Was Joe Dubuque a, uh, a junior in this, um, in 2005? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess, I guess that leaves it down to me. Yep. I had to do um, it. I'm going to go with Angel Escobedo. Nice. And for the win there. And man, he was, he was so good. And I think he was, I mean, he obviously got a little bit better, but he was freaking really good in 2008. And I remember watching, you know, he beat, it was a close match. He ended up beating up on Ness and uh, just beat some really good guys that year. And I think that, yeah, like I said, I think that was one of his better years. And yeah, I guess, I guess that's the main thing. I just think that he was that good that early in his career. And I think that, 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 that he would have beat Joe Dubuque, I guess. Yeah. Good take. Yeah. Seth. Good take. Yeah, yeah. Good take. I don't know, man. I just, I remember watching him, man. He was just, I, I, I've seen a couple of Joe Dubuque's matches, but I remember I, I liked Angel Escobedo a lot. And man, he, he was, he was good. And he always found a way to win those close matches. Yeah. I think I should have reminded you before that, uh, you know, who was Angel Escobedo's coach at one point? Joe Dubuque. Uh-oh. It's the daddy factor, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Sure they might have wrestled in the room. We'll have to ask them sometime. I would love to hear. Them. They, have, they have 100% wrestled. Who would win this match? Yeah. We should just someone – get, someone get Angel on the horn. I would absolutely love call. to hear it. Um, but the next one, jumping down to 133 pounds, Travis Lee of Cornell versus Coleman Scott of Okie State. Um this one I'm interested in, in hearing uh, you guys' perspectives on because for me, looking back, um, I really leaned more Coleman. But then, you know, social media was kind of really like – I had a lot of people going, Travis Lee, Travis Lee. Um, you know, people are, are sleeping on Travis Lee because of, you know, recency and blah, 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 and hearing a lot of really good things. Um, and I didn't have a whole lot of research on Travis Lee, so I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. Um, but Jude, do you want to start us off and tell us a little bit about Coleman Scott? Okay. Coleman Scott, this was his first and only national title, um, for Oklahoma four time AA. He went eighth, fifth, second, first, um, in the finals. Yeah. It's about, it's probably like a minute and 20 second match. Um, cause he gets that, he gets a bottom leg cradle off of a takedown and just, um, pin Slayton. Uh, Joey Slayton, yeah, and I mean in this, I mean in this, this uh, sorry bracket, um, lots and lots of really really good wrestlers. I mean, you know Slayton, um, Frank Gomez, who was a, a national champ. Um, was Kennedy ever a champ, or was he just a a four time AA? No, he's a three time AA. Three A time AA. Excuse yeah. me, I'm sorry, um, but he had a win over Kennedy in the semifinals, and um, and I mean. We all know what Coleman Scott went on to do. You know, 2012, he was a bronze medalist at the Olympics and, uh, you know, ended up having a, a really good freestyle career as well. Um, but, yeah, senior Coleman Scott, national champ. Cool, cool. Jack, tell us about the other side of things for Travis Lee. So, Travis Lee, this was his fourth AA here. He went seventh champ, fifth champ, um, he was 125 his first two years, like Coleman, and then his second two years, he was 133. Um, he beat Chris Flieger in his first championship, and then he beat 
Tom Clum and Sean Bunch uh, on his way to his second national championship. And this dude was a freak. Um, so Steve Garland coached him. He was uh, Garland's first national champ as like a, like his guy, I guess. So Garland was just fresh off his finals appearance and he was at Cornell helping out with Travis Lee. I've heard stories of this guy running on the treadmill until he passed out and fell and his head would just hit the treadmill over and over again because he was <laughs> from running so hard on the treadmill. This dude is absolutely insane. Garland would say that they would get into fist fights all the time. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable uh, wrestler in Travis Lee was the only person that really could uh, neutralize Sean Bunch and how amazing he was and explosive and just a stud athlete that and wrestler that Sean Bunch was. So, I mean, yeah, that was, he's unreal. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Just could do things that no one else could do. Um, mm. Yeah. Seth, do you have a, a way you're leaning or, or any comments on these guys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Coleman Scott was a much better freestyler than folk styler. And um, obviously he made the Olympic team and, was a monster but I think that you got to go Travis Lee here two-time champ um four-time All-American and you know I I don't know too much but hearing those stories that Jack's saying uh gotta go this this guy gotta admire a guy that passes out on the treadmill how do you even do that <laughs> <laughs> I've tried and then I said nah I'm good <laughs> I guess that was the difference between me and Travis Lee but. yeah <laughs> you're just running on there like i gotta do this i gotta do this nope i like my face too much never mind yeah. i gotta have this thing for dates uh, <laughs> but uh yeah uh earl what, what are your thoughts yeah, yeah if if you block out the the post-collegiate freestyle stuff for coleman scott i think you have to go lee uh scott i don't think was ever seated higher than third at the ncaa tournament so you know he he wasn't quite as consistent as Lee was because I think Lee was probably twice and uh yeah so some of the stuff Jack was saying you know he was just amazing on his feet uh the speed and quickness was incredible so uh, I have to give it to Lee yeah so before we have any more picks update the Twitter poll um has about 65 votes and it is 82 percent in favor of Coleman Scott uh, so I think that's where people's comments were kind of coming from um but it's recency bias right i mean 100 percent for sure um, i mean even though even like and coleman's coach yeah he's still he's still around so people are gonna they're like oh i recognize that name i'll vote coleman scott um yeah um i i guess i'll go ahead and go next we right now we have we have two votes for lee or is it three votes for lee three. Is it, i think it's three yeah okay so it's already decided um but man yeah i'm gonna have to go the same way travis lee jude what you got picking coleman scott because that's the it's my team and i know it doesn't mean anything but he's my guy so i'm not gonna pick against him it is not your team is a team I, that I you were tasked with knowing stuff about i ain't no snitch okay. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just so yeah i'll just pick scott just for the fun of it I've watched Coleman Scott matches. I have not watched Fairman or any Travis Lee matches. So. Dude, go watch him, man. You'll have yeah. a new 
we'll Jack, see. send me send me some specific matches you'd like me to see. Okay, I will. But awesome. I, uh, I, you gotta gotta put some respect on that that pin in the finals though. That uh, that cradle was sick, man. Dude, it's awesome. It's just, it was sick. It's textbook bottom leg shelves it on the outside. Um, just reach up the head, scoops it up, pins him. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but there we go. Travis Lee wins that match, and we will move on to our next one. Um, we have Teon Ware of Oklahoma. Or is it Teon or Teon? Teon Ware? Teon Ware of Oklahoma versus Jay Jaggers of Ohio State. I think this one's going to be a really fun one to talk about. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and get it started. Let's, uh, let's change it up. Earl, can you tell us a little bit about either one or both of these guys? Yeah, as far as uh, Ware goes, since he's a little older, um, he was just amazing with defense. Um, you know, it wasn't always the most uh, aesthetically pleasing to watch, but it, as far as the speed on his uh, down blocks, snapping spins, like he was just behind a dude like that. Um, so uh, for, for me, it's, it's kind of hard to pick against him, Jaggers, especially in this year. Um, he took a bunch of losses early. Uh, I think he was always trying to get down to weight, and that affected him early in the season. So uh, I think he was seated sixth here. Um, he had some incredible runs. I think yeah, this year, right. I think this year he beat the top three seated guys to win his title. He, yeah, he beat Kellen Russell, Charles Griffin, and uh, and Chad Mendes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, it's a pretty good run. But, uh, <laughs> I'll go with Ware. All right. Jack, what are you feeling on this one? I'm going Jay Jaggers. That dude turns it on. He's unreal. Was this the one where he tore his knee out and then kept going and then won it? He broke yeah, his ankle he, in the finals too, he right? Against Chad Mendes, yeah. Oh my oh, god, that match is awesome. That match is yeah, really good. Bro, I gotta go, Jay. Yeah. So I, I actually literally just listened to the Jay Jaggers. Uh, I, I'm binging wrestling changed my life. So if I even talk about it, it's probably there. <laughs> Um, but I listened to the Jay Jaggers one last night and it wasn't even on purpose. It was like, I was working out and I listened to him when I'm working out and one of them finished and his just popped on next. Um, and it ended up getting to that match, which I had literally watched yesterday. And he talked about like going over, just obsessing in his head, going over all the different situations, being in the national finals. And one of the situations he kept going over in his head was what if I get hurt, right? I get hurt and I have to like gut it out at the end. And he talked about like when he was in that actual moment when he got hurt. And I don't know if it actually was broken or, or not, um, but he was, you could hear him in the video screaming, I broke my ankle. Um, I think it was broken. And I think I it might have been. And he, he says, as soon as it happened, it hurt. But like, I kind of realized like, I'm going to do this. Like, I've been here before a million times in my head. I know what I got to do. Uh, and I think it was really cool to hear that. I also talked to uh, my, my head coach over here that I, I coach wrestling with, uh, Dwight Driscoll, uh, wrestling for Penn State during this time. Um, and he said a lot of good things about, about Tion Ware. Um, but he did say that, you know, possibly the only, the only weakness might have been um, his bottom game. And that's where I think Jaggers obviously is really good on top. And so I think that that's kind of an interesting dynamic to look at. Um, and, and I'm going to follow suit. And I'm going to go Jaggers. And I, I just – I love watching him wrestle on top, the, the, the leg riding, the, the kind of Ironman-esque cradles. And I know he was before Ironman, so it's probably Jay Jagger cradles. But uh, they're, uh, 
I just think he was a stud on top. And if he gets his shot on top, I could, I could see some bad stuff happening. So I'm going to go Jay Jaggers. Yeah. Give me Jaggers, dude. Give me Jay Jaggers, especially, I mean, yeah, no, it's gotta be Jaggers. It's gotta be Jaggers. How is that? Is that three for Jaggers already? That actually is. Seth, where are you going to go? I was still up in the air. I think this is a good one. I probably would have leaned a little bit Tion Ware, but Jaggers does turn it on, and what he did that year was was pretty crazy. I'm still going to go Ware, but it doesn't really matter at this point. All right. Well, we went oh, three to two. Really quickly before yeah. we move on. Um, I'll be very quick because I know we're struggling on time. But Oh, you're good. Um, in my quarterfinals match against Joey Dance, I, like, snapped my ankle, uh, tore some tendons in it, and I finished out that match, but I didn't feel it. And as soon as I, like, finished that match, it hurt so bad. And I tried to wrestle the next match against uh, Ethan Lezak, and I couldn't walk. Um, and so I, I got smoked, and then I defaulted out. Um, but, like, the amount of respect I have for that, like, like the ankle injury that he had and being able to gut it out, because I knew I, I didn't and I, I couldn't, um, is, like – Amazing, for sure. Dude dealt with a lot of injuries, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolute Iron Man battling through stuff. Um, definitely one that I would have loved to see, though. That would have been a good match. <sighs> Next one, 149 pounds, Zach Esposito versus the Brent Calf. Um, again, reminder for you, if you're watching, that star next to Brent Metcalf's name means that he was the Hodge Trophy winner in 2008. Um, and I guess I'll take it a little bit uh, to give, give Jude a rest. But oh, 2008, uh, Brent Metcalf, uh, this was his first year competing at Iowa. Um, he actually started his career at Virginia Tech with, with the Brands brothers and, or with Tom Brands and then um, followed him over to Iowa and lost a year of eligibility. Um, so we only got three years of the Brent Calf. But this was his first year in a Hawkeye singlet. Um, he absolutely dominated everybody on the way to a Hodge trophy and a, a win in the finals um, over Bubba Jenkins, eventual national title, uh, eventual national champ. Um, so this that is, is the best, Jay, this is the best NCAA bracket of all time. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's ju it just is. It's, it's, ridiculous. oh, it is. I mean, like, I'm just going to throw some names out there. If you recognize them, good for you. But uh, I don't know. Burroughs, Jenkins, Caldwell, Schlater, O'Connor, Torella, Palmer. Like, yikes, dude. <laughs> it's it's absurd. And he did this as, you know, first year at Iowa. And, uh, oh, my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. No, I, I, I was about to say the same thing. And it – man, yeah, first year at Iowa. I mean, we all think about, back about Metcalf, and we all think about him beating Lance Palmer in those battles and, like, you know, senior year Metcalf – but this might have been his best year. I don't know. I mean, at least best NCAA final or NCAA tournament. It, he was the one seed and on his way to a final, um, he had to take out Lance Palmer, Jordan Burroughs, and then Bubba Jenkins. And he beat Jordan Burroughs eight to four, not three to two, not two to one, eight to four. He scored eight points. Um, Oh, and then beat gosh. Bubba in the finals 14 to eight. Pretty incredible. But um, I'm going to stop oozing Brent Metcalf over here. Uh, Jack, Zach Esposito. This is his junior season, uh, his only national title. Um, the year before, he was second, losing to Jesse Jansen in the final. Um, in his 05 route to the 
in the national championship. He beat Eric Tannenbaum in the semis and Philip Simpson in the finals, who actually beat uh, Zach Esposito in the round of 12 in 03 when he was the two seed, got upset in the second round, came back, and then uh, lost to Philip Simpson to place. Um, Esposito wore a funky headgear, and he was uh, <laughs> a pretty funky wrestler, actually. But his head, he was like the not the tornado, but the tornado. You know what I'm talking about? The one with the plastic that was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I will admit, when I went back and looking – like researching these guys watching matches i again 2005 is too far back for me to to really know a whole lot about and the first match that pops up when i search it is esposito versus schlater and i'm like heck yeah i want to see that one so i click on it and it just proceeded to be a slater beatdown. and i was like okay bad one we gotta find another one <laughs> just kept going but yeah um i i I know which way I'm going. I'm going Brent Metcalf. Um, let's let's kick it to Seth. I got Metcalf as well. I mean, that bracket that year, winning the Hodge Trophy, dominating those guys. I think, like you said, that might have been one of his best seasons, if not his best season. And uh, he's pretty close to unstoppable. So I got to go Brent Metcalf. And I, I'm before we go anymore, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a major decision out too. Um, Brent Metcalf was unstoppable this year destroying people and again bringing up that that Slater match with Esposito he he I think either majored him or it was like a seven point win so I think that I think Metcalf could major him so I'm going to say major um are you going going decision or major Seth just decision for me I think Esposito there's no way Esposito's giving up a major oh cool Jude oh it's Metcalf uh and I'm kind of on the fence about uh, bonus points or not. But you know what? Why not? Let's go Brett Metcalf, major decision. That's what I'm picking. All right. Earl, what are you thinking? Yeah, I've got to go Metcalf. And uh, I could go major decision just because the way they wrestled. Uh, Esposito was a guy that would try big moves. So I could see him being down by, you know, three or four points and trying for something, getting himself put on his back. Um but, yeah, definitely Metcalf. I'll Metcalf. Metcalf with bonus. Let's make it interesting. <laughs> All right. Metcalf, major decision. I, uh, nice. I also want to bring up um, – I hold on, sorry. I'm getting this. Um, one of the matches that I watched, again, it was out of – it was the wrong year. It was 2009. But um, one of the Brent Metcalf matches I watched that I hadn't seen before was – uh, the rematch of Metcalf Jenkins in the Big Ten finals in 2009, because these those two guys met in the finals in 2018 or 2008. Um, in 2009, they met in the Big Ten finals. Britt Metcalf beat the tar out of him. That was ugly. oh my god! I mean, and he pinned him, and like it, it literally looks like when you're in middle school and there was that like kid everybody knew was good, and he was just like playing with some new guy. Like it was bad. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't really come into effect with this match, but it, uh, it definitely gives me more of a, uh, push for bonus points. He was insane. Oh my God. But all right. He wins by major decision. We're going to move on to 157 pounds. Ryan Burton of Michigan versus Jordan Lean of Cornell. Uh, Jack, tell us a little about, a little bit about Ryan Burton. Uh, 
Ryan Bertine. Uh, yeah, I got you. Nice. <laughs> um, this was his second national championship, his fourth All-American. Um, he was sixth as a freshman, losing to Luke Becker, the eventual champ um, in the quarters. Um, in 2003, he beat Shane Roller in the quarters and Alex Terrapelli in the finals. He was third in 04 as the three seed, beating Johnny Hendricks in the quarters and losing to the eventual champ, Matt Gentry, in the semis. But then he beat Travis Paulson in the next round. And then uh, as a rematch of the national, national championship in 2003, he beat Alex Terrapelli for third. Um, in 2005, he beat Brian Stith in the quarters, Trent Paulson, the other Paulson in the semis, and then... Joe Johnson, who had an incredible run in the finals, who was like the eighth seed, he beat um, number one seed Alex Terrapelli in the quarters. And then he either beat Gentry or Percival in the semis. But, I mean, Bertin was a guy who was just unreal. Um, I mean, Travis and Trent both coached me, and they said that they, he was one of the best guys that they ever wrestled, and they wrestled Perry and, and a bunch of other guys. Um, and yeah, that's Ryan Bertine, someone that's not very talked about uh, a lot, but unreal wrestler, two-time national champ, four-time AA. Awesome. Jude. Yeah. Jordan so, Lean. Okay. Jordan Lean, 157 pounds, Cornell. Um, he, I believe this was his, I don't know what year this was for him. It might've been his senior year. Um, Earl, is that correct? Uh, junior year. Junior year. All right. Yeah. Well, but he was eighth the year before, to my understanding. Um, and he went from eighth place to champion. Uh, interesting thing about that, he was also the eighth seed in this bracket um, at 157. And uh, he ends up beating the number one, Gregor Gillespie, um, and then Josh Zupinik. Uh, Zupanzik, I think it is. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm getting some, uh, I'm getting some of the, the wild names here. Yeah, and then a win over Mike Poeta in the finals. Um, also in this bracket was Dan Valamont of, uh, of Penn State um, and Kyler Sanderson. So, you know, um, Michael Chandler is in here too. Oh, my gosh, I'm looking through this bracket. It's kind of it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah, so Jordan Lean ended up – I mean, he won one, two, three. Yeah, three one-point matches, one two-point match. Um, but, yeah, to be the 157-pound national champion in 2008 so yeah all right um it the twitter poll is 68 percent jordan lean um but let's let's go to seth we haven't heard from seth on this one yet so what are you thinking um i'm gonna go ryan bertin and i think he just had a solid career i think lean had a really good tournament that year beat some good guys but i think this was bertin senior season correct yeah yeah, and I think, you know, just just senior, just a little bit older, a little bit more experience. Uh, just had a better body of work. I'm going for team. Well, the thing about Lean is that he beat Poeta, who was, you know, he was in that, that best to never win it bracket you guys all did. So, mm-hmm. I don't he know. Poeta's, Poeta is arguably briefly. one of the – Yeah. Right, <laughs> briefly. Jack? Briefly. I didn't like him very much. <laughs> first round. That's a bad argument to play here. Uh, <laughs> he hit the so, champ round one. All I'm saying, it's a uh, – oh, man, that's a bad matchup. Um, but all I'm saying is, you know, what he beat one of the best to never win it in the finals, um, upset the number one seed. Matt Coker was in this weight, um, who, funny enough, was actually from uh, from State College High School, which is like 
you know, two minutes away from me. So pretty, pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm going to go Jordan Lean in this match. I don't know. I, I like the body of work he had here in this. Um, and then that big jump, you know, from the eighth seed, you know, like you said, oh, it was one tournament, right? But again, like, that's, that's what I'm taking here. I'm taking this, uh, this national champ version of Jordan Lean. Um, and I think he would win. So, boom, yeah. traded. <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow suit with you. I'm going to go Jordan Lean as well. Um, wow. Watching matches, I – man, I, I, I really, really liked what I saw at Jordan Lean. Um, very fast. He was very good on top. I like that, like, almost Zane-like ride – um, getting on top and trapping that back leg. I, I just – I think he's really dangerous in that position. I think he's funky. He's fast. He's He, he looks like a guy that loves what he's doing and is wrestling free. Um, and I, I'm going to go with my fellow Ginger here and pick Jordan Lane. Yeah, I mean, I expected something like this from Jude, but not from you, Jacob. Wow. Yeah. It's not a bad take. He's a hey. national champ. <laughs> We're all national champs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jack obviously disagrees with me. So, Jack, what are you thinking? I'm picking Ryan Bertine. Um, I think some people would argue that he was one of the better guys on this lineup. Um so, like, out of all the national champions, I think that people would say Ryan Bertine was one of the best uh, champions of the, the year. Um, Ryan Bertine was, was dominant. He was, uh, he was just a guy that – he had a presence that, that was known as well. Um, and, obviously, he kind of got out of wrestling, and that's why we haven't heard from him. Um, and Jordan Lean's still in it, in the sport. Um, and there's a lot of recency bias, but – I mean, just from like the the firsthand experiences of Trent and Travis, who both uh, wrestled him, they they said that he was someone that was a force to be reckoned with, to say the least. Mm. Earl, All right, sorry that we left in this position, Earl, but make our decision for us. <laughs> yeah, so this is this would be an interesting match, you know, having them go against each other, just because Bertine was uh, so slick on his feet, and uh, as you mentioned, Jacob, you know. Lean was just a monster on top and super physical. Um, so I'd love to see how this would play out. But I have to go with Bertine. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what Jack just said. All right. So we're going Bertine here. Um, that is going to make it 19 to 10 and lock up the duel for 2005. Um, but we have our our highlight match of the duel here coming down to the last one. We've seen it a bunch of times, um, but we get to talk about it ourselves. So Johnny Hendricks, Oklahoma state versus Mark Perry. A lot, a lot of backstory here. Um, Earl, do you want to fill us in a little bit on that? Yeah. So I, I'm sure everybody's probably watched the flow documentary about Perry, which, uh, you know, goes into a lot of this, but they knew each other from high school and, uh, you know, there's a lot of history, and Hendricks always had the better of Perry up until that 2007 NCAA final. Um, so for me, even though Perry had that last win, and it's such a cool moment, and that was uh, the first NCAA tournament I, I attended in person, um, you know, even seeing all that, I still have to go with the, the history that Hendricks has and, uh, you know, pick him even over, like, the senior, senior Mark Perry. Yeah. Um, Seth, what are you thinking? 
I got to think about this. Somebody else go. I'm still <laughs> I'm going ready. back and forth. You're good, Jack. Um, I'm going to go Johnny um, because I think 05 Johnny was the, was the best version of himself. I don't think 06 was, and I definitely don't think 07 was. Um, this was his first national championship, and he was pretty dominant uh, in it. And I think if Johnny was wrestling 07 Perry, it would be different, and I think I would go – I'd lean Perry, but – 08 Perry lost to Eric Tannenbaum in the Big Ten Championships. Um, and he wasn't as good as he, as he was in 07. And I think that um, with an 07 National Championship, it kind of seemed like it was do or die for Mark Perry um, in this finals where he had a lot of bad blood um, and he needed that win. I think 08 with the title behind him, it seemed like it was uh, – I mean, he was still amazing, but it, it seemed like he was a lesser version of himself. Um, Whereas 05, Johnny was his, his best version. Because I don't know, if you want to go see a great Johnny Hendricks match and one of the worst screw jobs in NCAA tournament history, other than like Ian Miller, go look up the 06 semifinals between Ruzak and Rachmanov and oh. Johnny Hendricks. This dude, I mean, I love Johnny, but he lost this match. Um, yeah. Terrible, and everyone was on their feet booing. I'd never seen it before. Everyone was watching the semifinals match booing the ref, and uh, he ended up getting the the win. But most people Jack, thought, "What happened?" I can't remember exactly. Earl, do you remember? I just I don't remember exactly, but I do have it on my YouTube channel uh, that match. So check it out. And actually, I was re researching to 06, so you know that was. A match that stood out is kind of weird for him. What's I want to say uh, it was what's the match called? It was like he would drop to a leg and like hang on. He won like three two, yeah. and people were just screaming like it was in, it was a hostile environment. Everyone was booing. What about um, the Chirilla final? Wasn't that pretty controversial as well? Exactly. Yeah. He yeah. Lost that one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh so, six. Mean, Johnny was not his best best self. I think 05 was. He was pretty dominant. Um, and like I said, 08 uh, Perry wasn't his best self either. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, what I remember from kind of watching that, that documentary on Flo is that uh, the, the bad blood here, you know, they obviously were kind of rivals growing up. And then Mark Perry is the nephew of John Smith. Um, and, you know, everybody was kind of pegging him to go to Oklahoma State. Um, and then Oklahoma State picks up Johnny Hendricks, which is his, you know, rival, right. going to be his same weight, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, instead of going with his uncle, he chose to go to, you know, the rival school and, and compete against him. Um, so it's a really cool story. I definitely highly recommend watching that. Um, but for me here, it, it's Johnny Hendricks. And it's, you know, I think that obviously Mark Perry winning in 2008 over Hendricks in the finals is like uh, is a big thing that people kind of get caught up on. You know, the Twitter poll was was actually 52% Mark Perry, um, and I think that that's dangerously wrong because if you look back at the series, I think these guys wrestled eight times in college. Um, Johnny Hendricks won seven of them, and yeah. in that finals match that Mark Perry won. In my opinion, watching it, Johnny Hendricks is in the driver's seat for the m majority of the time um, and then, you know, gets turned at the end to lose. Uh, and it was kind of one of those, like, moments where, um, like, almost like a David Goliath kind of moment where, you know, 
Perry just just got the turn and it was like a heroic win at the end and and it was definitely an upset and I just it's Johnny Hendricks here I I don't think that you can go any other way but it's obviously a really close match with these dudes well uh, Jack what was the match with Hendricks and uh what was the other guy's name Muzaffar Abdurakmanov he's an assistant coach he's an assistant coach with harvard yeah it's got it okay wait let me see if i got it right let me see if i got it right m-u-z-a-f-f-a-r-a-b-d-u-r-a-k-h-m-a-n-o-v yep that was that was it that's more impressive than anything we've talked about i knew it Wow. wow. Wrestled, where did he wrestle for uh, American? American, yeah. They had a good run when Mark Cody was there. Yeah. All right. Well, we that concludes our first duel. Uh, number one, 2005, moving on um, in, in a match that was it was pretty close, pretty good match. You know, all these matches kind of tended to, to go 2005's way, but a lot of them were 3-2 were votes or were closer. Um, I guess not closer, but we're close votes. Um, so good one. Two, 22 to 10, 2005 moves on. And-, and that is it for episode number 21 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. We thank all of our guys again today for coming on the show. Uh, we have once again managed to turn one show into two. Uh, we initially thought this these two duels were going to be one show, um, and then we end up talking for two and a half hours, and nobody wants to listen to a two and a half hour podcast, so we're going to break it down into smaller chunks for you guys and, and more episodes and more fun. So um, if you would, just stay tuned. The next episode will be dropping tomorrow, and you will be able to see the number eight versus number nine matchup, which was absolute fireworks. Had a lot of fun, came down to the last couple matches. Um, and just make sure you stick with us and let us know on social media how you like it because we absolutely love doing this and we appreciate you guys and your involvement. And let us know. Are our picks great? Are our picks awful? Who knows? But. We will see you next time on episode number 22 where we will discuss number 8 versus number 9. See ya.